gonna do it. You, you, Lieutenant Weinberg, you can't handle the truth. The truth. Sometimes it is massaged, sometimes it is bent, sometimes it is simply lost. Nowhere more so than Australian rules football, where there are more officially accredited journalists covering AFL footy than Australia's parliament. Hope, however, is not lost. Gentlemen, are you with me? Are you listening? Are you taking this in? This is the yes. sixth time I have read this on my own. And I just We're want to make going. sure you're right. Good. Yes. Good. For there are those who choose fact over fiction almost every time. They are the unlikely. They are the uncommentators. And not surprisingly, they are the unaccredited. Who are they? They are the last line of defence. My name is Glenn Manton. And joining me across the fullback line of truth are the Nelson Twins, Chris and Justin. Gentlemen. G'day, Glenn. How are you, mate? And I've just got to ask, if you're doing this for the sixth time, Correct. why don't you just pre-record it? I don't want to pre-record it. I want it to be live. I want it to be organic. I want it to be raw, like a good cacao ball. You ever had a good cacao ball in your mouth? I've never had a good cacao ball, but well, it is great to be You need to get here. one in your mouth. Now, gentlemen, we're always pressed for time. It seems like the siren's always sounding. We haven't got through what we need to. But if we can get through our topics of choice today, our opponents, we'll get to the mailbag. We might even be able to check out a few other different bits of electronic information regarding this show. But we need to step right into the breach. First week back of footy. I don't have a clue how we went in our footy tipping. Any ideas how we went in our footy? You got two. <laughs> I would assume I got two as well. I don't think I will have been much better, but we'll do our little <laughs> sneaky podcast on the side to cover that off. Right now, we need opponents, and I'm going to turn to one Jay Nelson now, folks. If I wish you could see this. He's wearing a tie. He's wearing a shirt. He does not have pants on, so he's let himself downstairs. Go to, to the dogs. But anyway, sir, who is your opponent this week? I'm going to play on all of the West Coast Eagles, and I'm going to look at, in particular, the Willie Gilly Report. Which the is the Willie Gilly Report. The William Gillard Report into the shenanigans at the West Coast Eagles. That sounds interesting, Justin. Yeah. It I does. So. Well, we'll have a look at injuries at fullback. I'll play fullback again this week and we'll look at injuries. So we've got one back pocket sorted. We'll look at injuries at fullback. Turn to the other back pocket, one C. Nelson. Yes, C. Nelson, star of the show, is playing with Ben Cousins. <laughs> what makes you the star of the show? I don't know. I don't know, actually. <laughs> Just but raising I'm, comments. Yes. What? Now, we're a, we're a third, 33.3% each, boys. We're in this together. I think this is an interesting one, is that I'm taking on all of the West Coast Eagles, and Chris, you're the star of the show, and you've only got one opponent, so... Yes. But it's Ben Cousins. Yeah, it's There's a his m multiple, I guess, personalities and multifaceted <laughs> life not equate to maybe the equivalent of two or three teams. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Good we will point. find out. Well, gentlemen, let us not hesitate. Let us not take a moment of rest. Let's jump straight into it. Let us sound the siren. There it is, the siren has sounded. Jay Nelson, West Coast Eagles, head-to-head, -head, an entire team. Can you do it, sir? I can. So the Willie Gilly report is an inquiry handed down by Supreme Court Judge William Gillard in November 2007, dating back to the shenanigans from 98 to the end of the 2007 season. And it was very, very critical of one West Coast Eagles CEO, Trevor Nisbet for the lack of process in place. Now, you know how I hate that word, gentlemen. Oh, no, you process. hate the word. Oh, lack, sorry. Process. <laughs> but uh, ha having, having read the 87-page report, there was no talk of the processes and structures. So really? I'm happy to say that 
everything is all good there. So very, very critical. Yes, Chris, you've got a question well, there. So is, who, is this judge or former Supreme Court judge, whoever this person was, are they blaming Trevor Nisbet? They are blaming the culture at the West Coast Eagles. A similar situation to Luke Hodge earlier in the year at Hawthorne where he got a light sentence because he was a superstar. This sort of stuff was going on at the West Coast Eagles week in, week out. Cover-ups, boys. There was lots of cover-ups. Glenn, did you know about it? Did you know about this stuff going on? <laughs> we put him on the spot here too. <laughs> yeah. I think there's always been throughout football circles an element of suspicion that the West Coast Eagles Football Club knew how to play both sides of the fence, as in on-field and off-field. But I'm sure not everyone, including myself, had an understanding that it went so deeply. Did you ever just think maybe when Glenn Jakovic rolled out there, he looked like the Incredible Hulk? Did you think maybe something's going on here? Well, that's taking it down another particular road in terms of performance-enhancing substances. There was a time where you would uh, go out onto the field and you were pretty sure that your West Coast Eagles opponent had done three sets of ten bicep curls as he, <laughs> as he ran out onto the ground. So there were a few question marks well, there. I can Get tell back you, into it, Jay yeah, Nelson. I, I can tell you, boys, that the... Report isn't critical of drug use in a sense of performance enhancing. It is right. definitely recreational and it's all about the cover-ups that took place. And I don't know if you guys recall, but back in, I think it was 2006, Chad Fletcher flatlined in Las Vegas in 2006. I do remember that. Yes. Did just lose a massive pot at the card table though, so not blaming drugs necessarily for that. And the official <laughs> word from the West Coast Eagles was a reaction to a yellow fever injection. Now, this is how deep the cover-ups went. Hang on, a reaction to a yellow fever injection. So how would he get a yellow fever injection whilst on tour? And I didn't know you caught yellow fever in Vegas. But, uh... <laughs> well, a lot of men do enjoy a young Asian woman. So it would appear that Asian influence could spread far and wide. I'm not sure. Is that the yellow fever that we're talking that's about? That's not the yellow fever right, we're talking I'm about. I'm so sorry. Glenn. It's obviously yes. something to do with curry, but that's fine. What other cover-ups have you got? Well, if I can get back to Trevor Nisbet. Nizzo. 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 Willie Gilly and Nizzy. <laughs> um, they're very critical of the way that Nisbet said that we didn't have any damning evidence, and I quote, damning evidence right. against the West Coast Eagles. Now, I thought I'd bring up a couple of Please. little bits of damning evidence, and you tell me if you think this raises suspicions okay. of drug use. We've got Bo Waters admitted to eating a live goldfish belonging to a teammate, Adam Hunter. Clearly you're on the gear <laughs> if you're doing that. Ben Cousins <laughs> caught in a taped phone conversation with well-known heroin dealer. <laughs> And three, Daniel Kerr took a forged prescription for 50 Valium pills to a pharmacy. Would have got away with it, only he spelt Valium wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of those three really stands out as being what? the odd piece of information? I've I'm got not some sure. special mentions Please, too, give boys. us some special mentions. Andrew Embley allegedly got his cock out at an official AFL dinner in 2004. <laughs> Right. I don't know about you boys, but uh, that's something I like to do when I go out to dinner amongst Absolutely. friends. Yeah. That's why you've got the shirt and tie on tonight. <laughs> and another special mention to Daniel Kerr, who in 2007 at an All-Australian function was spotted behaving oddly, dropped his All-Australian medal on the stage as he walked off and then was found naked outside his hotel room later on that evening. So, mm. <laughs> lots of cover-ups there, boys. Well, the lots of question yeah. marks. So, who, who wanted the... Uh, the report done? Was it a report done, the footy club? Did the they say? A I think the AFL requested an inquiry be done, and when they got the inquiry, they shelved it. 
the West Coast. Pardon the pun. They shelved the inquiry. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back to the start of your little match-up here. Now, just remind us, the Willie Gilly report, as you're referring to it, was from when to when? From 1998 to 2007. And all those incidents occurred during that period of time. And my question would be to you both, as football supporters from afar, do you feel like anything has actually changed for the West Coast Eagles? The West Coast Eagles were actually put on notice by the AFL, and in 2007, after the notice had been handed down, Stephen Armstrong was involved in a car accident. He was a West Coast Eagles Premiership player, and allegedly, or I think actually found guilty of misleading police as who was the driver of the car and the AFL once again shelved it and did nothing. So Mm. I put it to you that the duty of care by the AFL, the West Coast Eagles, even John Walsfold comes under a little bit of scrutiny here that they haven't done the right thing by the players. And I had a question for you, G-Man, being the father of a bright young lad who could possibly play professional sport or go to the US and play college ball. How would you feel about him being entrenched in this sort of culture? Well, you don't want any young person entrenched in a negative atmosphere, whether it's a sporting atmosphere, an arts atmosphere, a business atmosphere, you want it to be something that they can enjoy the opportunity to grow in a uh, successful way, both on and off field. So yes, the question marks that you've raised would certainly lead any thoughtful parent to have a lot of apprehension about their son and or daughter being involved in this space. Yes, and of course, uh, Justin, you didn't ask me about my kids. I mean, did they you ask Glenn about his talented young son? I've got a young son. Yes, son. He, may, he may play AFL football one day. Yes, yes. yes he could. Now, I just wanted to ask you, Justin, and we haven't touched on this yet, uh, Chris Mainwaring was uh, obviously... Uh, he would have had to have got a mention in that report, Justin, mm. was the uh, former West Coast Premiership player who... OD'd, I believe. Is that right, Glenn? He uh, overdosed. I think he did. I think, yes. unfortunately, he lost his life to a uh, mistake in that department. I have a question for you both. What will Sam Mitchell bring to the table? Because I can't imagine Sam Mitchell knowing him as I do, not terribly well, but well enough to believe that he wouldn't stomach any of this. He is bringing 40 possessions a week to the West Coast Eagles. That's what he's doing. I think that culture's under control now, G-Man. I think it's changed a lot over there. I haven't heard any rumblings from my sources. How many sources do you have out there? I have a number of sources who shall remain nameless. That's like your it. right, Justin, as a journalist, to yes, protect your exactly. sources. But he is You're un- a legitimate he is journalist. He is unaccredited. Yeah. <laughs> we do have to remind our listeners of the fact that he's unaccredited. Now, you've got some other notes there. I, I want to see red writing is always a concern for me. What does the red writing mean? Well, I had to bring a lighter note to it, and I had to laugh, boys, when Barry Hall came out and said that the 2006 West Coast Eagles Premiership is tarnished. I think Barry has got a little bit confused here. <laughs> in the fact that they weren't taking performance-enhancing drugs. These were illicit drugs. The report notes... Recreational, you Sorry, recreational drugs. The report notes that they were smoking marijuana. I don't know if you've ever smoked marijuana and played football, but I don't think it... It doesn't enhance you. It doesn't, no. So Barry is a little bit out of his depth there. Yeah, but maybe Barry doesn't know what the word tarnished means. He probably (laughs) thinks that... It means something else, I don't know. Ba- Barry has coined himself the moral barometer of the AFL. And <laughs> <laughs> I think when you belt someone behind the play, you have that yeah, privilege yeah. of doing that. Lee Matthews, of course, being one of the all-time great moral barometers of anything in this community. <laughs> I tell you what, I think we've sucked the life out of this topic already, and it's just about time to uh, head to a commercial break.
So let's hear from our sponsors. V-Line, getting you to shitty destinations across Victoria. Welcome to Shepparton. Welcome back to the last line of defence where the full back line of truth is in full flight. And one Jay Nelson just took out the West Coast Eagles all 76 of them from the last <laughs> 10 years. He just took them all out. Whoever's been on the list in the last 10 years plus, he annihilated them. It was a great performance. I'm going to swing my attention to injuries in football. I just want to tell a little story which actually unfolded today and it dovetails nicely with my love of basketball. Check this out. I'm st- check this out. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm stepping out of Coles and I see a mother standing head to head with her two sons. All well-dressed, well-to-do. They look like a kind of an upmarket kind of little ensemble. And the mother looked a bit agitated as I was walking towards them. And she pulled her index finger out and stuck it right in her son's face as I was just about on top of them. And I thought, whoa, this is going to be good. What's she going to say? And as I walked past, I kid you not, she goes, can you believe Drew Petrie's out for 10 weeks? (laughs) And I hadn't even heard about it. So I quickly got home and I Googled that. And sure enough, Drew Petrie out for 10 weeks. And that's the surmise of my preparation for this show but it led me down the whole path of investigating Drew Petrie and understanding what actually went on now check this out what what wow here we go pull it up on my phone here this little Drew Petrie piece now obviously West Coast ruck depths now in jeopardy Drew Petrie's out etc etc 10 weeks but I love this little part at the end here where Simpson who was uh, obviously right in the mix there with Petrie in this game and a, and a great win for Petrie against his old club, 43-point win, lauded the courage of Petrie to play on despite the early injury to his hand. He says, what a tremendous effort to overcome that in the first two minutes of the game. He got clearance to come back on, but he couldn't use the hand. It's a fracture and he'll miss several weeks, but to do what he did and hold up his end of the bargain was so important for our team. That's quite extraordinary when you weigh it up that this guy has broken his hand in the first two minutes. I haven't seen the incident. In AFL football, as you both know, you can break your hand in any number of ways, smothering a ball, contested mark, however it may be, it could be jammed into the turf. He's come back on, he's played out the rest of the game, and this afternoon I saw footage of LeBron James, six foot nine of LeBron James, getting a what I would see is a very soft elbow to the upper back and writhing on the floor in pain for minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes. Weigh that up against Drew Petrie. I think Drew Petrie, I'm raising the flag here for Drew Petrie. I think it was an amazing effort. Yeah, sensational effort. And that's why our game is so highly regarded as being tough all around the world. It's because of the pain thresholds of our players. No pads, nothing. Yeah, and think of Dale Morris, apparently played last year's grand final with a broken back. Absolutely. So that just gives you a bit of an idea. Glenn, did you have any serious injuries? And well, I can you tell play you, with any? yeah, I, I played for two years with a fractured kneecap. So yep. all of 2000 and 2001, I played with a fractured kneecap. I couldn't quite understand what was wrong with my knee while I was always in so much pain. I actually played with a broken back too. So I broke, broke yep. three pieces of little vertebrae, the wings off your vertebrae, if you like. And after two weeks, was able to get back and play again. But they say the uh, threshold's usually two. 
but I managed to come back after two weeks after breaking three. Also played the 99 grand final with a, with a I guess a sternum tear and, and split through my sternum. So well, I'm just I didn't one example. You were so tough, G-Man. Oh, absolutely. I, I was also married for a number of years. So, <laughs> well, think, uh, like yourself, Glenn, Justin and I played many uh, games with injury up there at the uh, mighty Midi United Footy Club. Justin, I believe you had uh, a broken wrist, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a broken hand, which I played out a game with. Ended up going to hospital and have it plated. It was broken in two or three spots and had it plated, kept going. But I do recall one day that our coach, Peter Copley, made me play. I had a corked thigh. We were playing the bottom side. And I said, I'm just going to have the week off and recover. And he goes, no, you're playing. It was pissing down rain about minus five degrees. (laughs) And he made me play. And I sat on the bench for the whole game and never put me on. (laughs) Well, I think this you touched on it. Uh, Just is the Australian rules brand of sport. Forget about it being football. I'm talking about the training. I'm talking about the effort on and off the field to get yourself up and right. Is something quite extraordinary. It really is amazing. And I think if other athletes from other codes and and fields of sport actually had to step onto the ground and find out what this game's like close hand or first hand, they would be mesmerised by the ability of these players, especially in the current climate, because the current climate, I think, is far harder to hide an injury than back in the olden days. The olden days, you knew the ball was probably going to get kicked down the line. You probably could play around the game a bit, but these days, these guys are extraordinary in their ability to get in and perform week after week, especially with injuries. Yes, indeed. And also, uh, let's not forget uh, the injury to, is it Mzungu from GWS? Fill me in. Well, he was another player that, like uh, Drew Petrie, got picked up and is starting at a new club this year, and he has just torn the hamstring, and he'll be out for 10 to 12 weeks. Well, you know, what that is one that you're probably not going to be able to play around at all in that style. I was on the ground the day that Stephen Silvani popped his off the bone. Yep. Makes a shocking sound, Ooh. an absolutely shocking sound. I've seen all sorts of injuries out on the football field, but as I said, I think Drew Petrie, and we're not trying to applaud him for being a tough guy. I don't think he's been a tough guy. I think he's just been a really solid professional athlete, and that's what AFL football promotes, and he's at the top of the tree because being able to put that to the side and continue through the game, I think it's a fair effort. Yeah, I'd like to applaud him. I reckon his family will be applauding him as well. He's only got a year over in the West, and now they've got the next 12 weeks on the beach there in Perth. Yeah, <laughs> That's going to be great for old Drew and the kids. Well, I think he'll come back and uh, contribute solidly to that team, and I think he's one hell of a player. I actually played against him in my last game of AFL football. Had my last quarter of football against a very young Drew Petrie. Could have done with him breaking his hand at that stage. Yeah, I, that's right. I probably should have broken his hand. In all seriousness, no, well done to Drew for getting through that, and I feel a very... Bit, a bit bit sad about LeBron James, but anyway, we won't digress to basketball. What we will do, however, is hear from our sponsors. Halal Certified Podcasts. Certify your podcast today. Welcome back to the last line of defence. We've had two opponents come and go. We've got one more as C. Nelson lines up against, well, the infamous B. Cousins. Benny Cousins! <laughs> to the story that just keeps on giving. Right, I'm playing on former West Coast and Richmond player Ben Cousins. Oh, you forget about the Richmond, don't you? Sometimes? Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. Who today was jailed for 12 months. What? Yes. Oh, Charges ranging from Are aggravated stalking. I'm looking it up. Breaching restraining orders and drug possession. So, uh, 
Cousins was seeking a 12-month residential drug rehabilitation program, but the judge said, sorry, Cuzzo, you're going to the slammer, mate. <laughs> wow. Man, I this, just looked it up. You're yeah, absolutely right. I am absolutely right. This is bigger than OJ Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> was there a white Bronco car type chase? Oh, there was all sorts of stuff with Cuzzo. Don't worry about that. But uh, there's, a, there's a few issues, a few questions, a few observations Go for it. that I want to make. All right. Firstly... Ben Cousins' lawyer was Mr. Taduri. Big mistake there, Mr. Taduri. <laughs> if you're going to try and get yourself out of prison and into a drug rehabilitation centre, you want to be using Dennis Denudo, one of the <laughs> best lawyers Denudo, in Australia. Yes. If you don't know who Dennis Denudo is, he represented Daryl Kerrigan on the castle. <laughs> or perhaps Cuzzo could have used Mick Gatto from Gatto Resolution Services. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Or what about the leadership team at West Coast? They could have helped with the structures and the processes, <laughs> maybe got him, kept him out of the slammer. Correct. Uh, All right, so second thing, gentlemen. All right, according to his lawyer, he hasn't had a proper job since leaving football. He's been mm. living off his savings. Now, I just want to say, a drug addict with savings. What a fantastic <laughs> effort. Can you get a more responsible drug addict than Ben Cousins? He has a Dolomite account. I don't know what's going on. Glenn, Can did no, you no, have no, savings? No, 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 no. Don't even try and deflect this to me, because seriously, this in six weeks, this is your best material. So keep running with it. You, you're doing well on your own. You don't need to deflect to me. Bring this home. You're I destroying it. I wanted to All right, ask. if that's part of it, you'd ask Glenn, me the question. Our, list, our listeners Go. at home... Okay. Our listeners at home want to tap into the AFL legend that is Glenn Manton when <laughs> Justin and I can ask you these questions, mate. It's a so very I light just wanted tap. to ask you, how much money did you have at the end of your football? <laughs> I, I had not a lot of money, but I tell you what, I had a shit ton of flybys points. Yes. A shit ton. <laughs> how much money did your wife have at the end of your footy career, Glenn? She had not many flybys points, but a lot of money. Uh, she had a penthouse in Brighton. Now tell me, seriously, what have you got to finish this out here? Because oh, this is, you done. have you have been on the attack. As far as I'm concerned, this is a 30 possession effort from you. Keep going. Thank you very much. Now, I wanted to hit you with the biggest question that we have ever had on this podcast, Glenn. <laughs> Now, Justin, I don't care about you. This is for Glenn only. Oh, this All right, Glenn Manton, a.k.a. the G-Man. Did you play footy with or against people that you knew had a drug problem? Now, you don't have to Ooh. tell me who they are, but did you know of anyone either playing against them or with them that had a drug problem? Drug problem is a pretty broad term. Now, I would suggest that you would think that there were some suspicions around certain people at certain time, but could you Watch nail... Watch Glenn beat around the bush on this yeah. question, No, no, I'm not beating around the bush at all. <laughs> but to find out that Ben Cousins was in the condition that he was in that's led to the point that he's at now is terribly, terribly sad. You've got to remember, you're seeing this guy as a, an opponent and as a colleague, a peer, if you like, once or twice a year, if that. If he's not injured, if the timing's right, you're in the team, etc., etc. Every time you see this guy, and I'll throw this back to you both, did you ever look at him during his prime and fear, forget about any innuendo you may have heard, did you ever fear that he was a drug addict or think he was involved in that space? Never. Beyond any type of comment behind the scenes. Did you ever wonder? No. Well, to be honest, you, you look at him, the guy won a premiership, he was one of the fittest looking blokes you've ever seen, a good looking guy. 
He won a Brownlow medal. A gut he, runner. He was a, a gut, gut runner. runner. Well, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember doing some boundary line commentating for Foxtel and actually having the chance to look at him from another perspective. And I watched him run probably, I would say, five, as you've just described, gut runs of 50 metres or more in a row. And when he'd finished doing that, I remember being surprised because the ball was literally five metres away. He couldn't go, nor should he have been able to. He probably shouldn't have been able to do those five. But it wasn't until all of this sort of stuff surfaced which made me think, my God, what was actually going on for him mentally, physically, emotionally in that moment? Where was he? What was he doing? So I'm not trying to dodge the question at all. What I'm saying is from an external perspective, you would think the guy was on top of the world. Yeah, and might I say, gentlemen, too, he is eligible for parole in six months. So it's only a footy season. He could be out. But there's still a few other issues that I haven't covered yet. Now, remember he went to Richmond in 2009, I believe. And as you would expect when you go to a new club, you have a job interview. Mm -hmm. Ben Cousins come to Melbourne and met Terry Wallace, who was the coach of Richmond at that time, at someone else's house, it was mm-hmm. a person who worked at the club, their elderly parents, I believe. They had the meeting at their house out in some eastern suburb. And I'm, I'm just reading direct from the article here, gents. So, Wallace said the meeting was strange and was concerned by Cousins' erratic movements after the midfielder took an extended bathroom oh, break. Oh, that's right, yes. So, I'm yes, still going. Yes. So, five minutes past, ten minutes past, twenty minutes past... 25, 30 minutes passed, and he hadn't come out of the loo. I was sitting there wondering what the heck was going on, Wallace said. So Terry Wallace is there interviewing this guy to say, hey, come over to Richmond, and he's in the bathroom doing God knows what. So there's there's some, some real problems there. And the thing that amazes me is they still chose to take him on after that. And to Terry Wallace's credit, he said, I felt concerned for him and thought, and thought what would happen if I didn't take him on? Yeah. All of that's legitimate. I have heard that story before. And when I say legitimate, I'm talking about maybe Terry Wallace's concern and so forth. What that tells me ultimately is that marketing and winning in previous years, I'm not honestly sure if it's there now because I do think the times have changed in the AFL. But I think marketing and winning overran what was actually good for a club and good for a team. So yeah. it's, it's very sad to hear that story because the truth is none of us know what happened in that bathroom. No. He could have been sitting on a cubicle... Uh, in a cubicle, I should say, on a toilet, crying his heart out. Could have been. Could have been. Could know. have been doing anything. There's, yeah. there's all sorts probably of... crying his heart out at the low offer that Terry Wallace had just, <laughs> just given him for the. No, but quite seriously, <laughs> if this guy, if this guy has been torturing himself in this way for such a long period of time, what is his genuine take on reality? Well, that's it. And Where you, is his gen- head genuinely? You've, you've lost a little bit of sense of reality when you go for a job interview and then you just fuck off to the dunny for 30 minutes. <laughs> Have any of you ever done that? No. I would just wear not. a nappy to the job interview. <laughs> well, that's I, I, disgraceful. I think we've got a bit deep here, gents, we but have. I think it does bring to the surface one thing is that it is an obligation of all clubs to take care of their players and recognise this poor behaviour. And I think if we take one thing out of this is that AFL clubs need to step up here and and take a yeah. little bit more well, responsibility. There is... The, I did read somewhere that uh, hopefully the Players Association are going to step in with Ben Cousins when he gets out of the clink or whilst he's in there. And there was a little bit of talk of maybe him going back to West Coast to do some sort of role. I don't know what role that would be. I think he's got to get the hell away from football. Yeah. Leave football in the past. He's got a whole new life. Hopefully this jail stint 
serves as a, a, I guess, a, an end point for this particular chapter, and he can start writing something new because clearly this pen's out of ink. Yep. Yeah. And look, Ben like Cousins he is going to be in prison for the next twelve months, and he is now my favourite Australian prisoner behind uh, Ivan Milat and the dude from Hey Dad. So. Oh, that's a <laughs> shitty list to be on. Speaking of shitty things, let's hear from our sponsors. Links deodorant for a better smelling ball bag. Well, there is the final siren, but seldom does it sound without a word thereafter. Gentlemen, I think it's time to turn to the mailbag. What have you got for me? Oh, the mailbag. We're starting to get some traction here on the mailbag. Juzzo, what have you got there? <laughs> I'm just trying to bring it up on my phone. I'm just, I'm oh, just trying to find it as well. You guys. both lost your mailbag opportunities. Well, well, whilst you're looking for your mailbag opportunities, I'll remind our listeners that they can uh, head to iTunes and download for free this podcast. They can also turn to the Last Line of Defence Facebook page and or Instagram. You'll find us... Us being the Nelson Twins and myself, Glenn Manson. Also check out our websites if you're interested. Gentlemen, I'll flip-flop the ending here so you can find your material. What have you found? This question's from Paul Black, an avid listener. He says, which AFL player would you want to be right now and why? It could be the skills, money made and premierships won or just be a potential superstar and experience the what-ifs in the future. I responded to Paul and I said, we'll answer that one in the next ep, mate. Stay tuned. Paul got back to me and said, after a bit of thought, I'd have to choose Dangerfield. So he's asked me a question and then he's answered it himself. No, so. I like that. I like that's the right. fact he that he's contributed. I think that's very, very good. Glenn, who would you be? If well, you... I know who I don't want to be. I don't want to be Ben Cousins in this moment. No. Who would I want to be? Wow. Well, I was actually at the Carlton Football Club just recently and I bumped into Mark Murphy, had a good long chat with him about the upcoming season. You know what? Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, Mr. Nice Guy's got the world at his feet. He's about to turn 30. He's of that mature age. He's got plenty of everything on offer. I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be hard to be Mark Murphy. Yeah, fair enough. I'd like to be... Dusty Martin at the moment. Yeah. Dusty Martin? Yeah. Is that because of the upcoming contract opportunities? The upcoming contract opportunities. Put in a blinder last Thursday night. All he's doing is up in his market value, gents. Yep. I think he's having a great year. Who would you go? Well, I think I would have to go with Tom Boyd. I'd have to go with Tom Boyd. Boyd. He's in the middle of a nice little $1 million a year contract in the inner western suburbs of Melbourne where I reside. I could quite easily... uh, see myself being Tom Boyd. I like that, Tom yeah. Boyd. So you, you're going to have to get a bit taller, I'm going to have to get shorter, Yes. and you're going to have to get a few tattoos, or do you have any tattoos? <laughs> no tattoos. I'm no going to have to get a bit better too. Would I you think. get a neck tattoo? I wouldn't. It's not my type of thing. I don't think you'd see it with the beard anyway, G-Man. So. If you did have to get neck tattoo, what would you have written on your neck or drawn on your neck? The last line of defence. Oh, that's real <laughs> commitment. That is great Well, why commitment. don't you tell us about the tats, Glenn? Because you've obviously got a, sh- a heap of them. Um, I've got a lot of tattoos. Yeah. Any, Do you any, have a tattoo? I have no tattoo. I no. would have thought you would have had some sort of premiership tattoo from under 12s or something. No, yeah. well... Country I, boy. Yeah, Homemade job. Some sort of shrine to myself. Maybe a picture of myself somewhere yeah, on myself. That. that would have been more my thing. That'd be thing. nice. No, we'll save the tattoo discussion for another time. We can get right into it. In fact, that could be a little special. Could an be. AFL tattoo special. We might be able to get to that. Now, we had another contributor, We did. We had a, a question on iTunes. Hey, guys, has anyone seen my Talangadar and District Football League BNF trophy? Ooh. I was robbed of it a few years back. Love, Ian. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me just share with the listeners what that story is about. 
So the guy who just made uh, that comment there on iTunes was actually a fellow who played football against Justin and I, and he punched Justin one day, got suspended, and <laughs> became ineligible for the league medal, which Ooh. he actually won with the most amount of votes, but oh, wow. was rubbed out. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, don't, I think it was more to the fact that your head punched his fist, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> which has happened many, many times. Yes. Gentlemen, we're going to fade up the music now. The siren has long since blown. We've given everyone the info as to how they can stay in touch with us here on the last line of defence. Any last little discussion points? Hot just, tips? Anything for us? Just quickly, big shout out to Armin at Mesmer's oh, Cafe. I thought we'd got through it without that. Oh my Ferguson God. Ferguson Street, Williamstown. Enough of that. Oh my goodness. Anything to say, sir? Over and out. You're exhausted. Me. No wonder he took on the entire West Coast Eagles team. Folks, we look forward to seeing you again soon. And remember, the back line is the backbone.